0: Father, we praise you and we just thank you for today. We thank you for what's already happened. And we're anticipating, Lord, that which you desire to do in us, through us, and for us today. Thank you, Lord, for the ears to hear and the eyes to see and a heart that's receptive to what you desire for us to have today, Lord. From your throne room, Father, we, we said, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. So I know that you want to do something in us today. You want to move through us today, Father. And so, uh, for that calmness, for the word that was spoken, Father, about bringing it all to your throne, we receive that, we thank you for it, and uh, we just give you praise for it today in Jesus' name. How many believe that God can do something today in your midst? How many believe that God desires to do something in your midst today? Well, amen. We're in a good place. You may be seated. I'm going to change up just a tad. I felt like this morning... And after hearing what men have said, in first and Second Samuel, the beautiful story of David, the life of David as a young man, he was a sheep herder. He loved to be out in the desert with his sheep. He had seven older brothers. and we understand that uh, uh, there was going to be a king made, and eventually it was going to be David. But while David was tending sheep, The story tells us his brothers were fighting the Philistines and uh, the Israelites were on one mountain and the Philistines were on another mountain and it says for 40 days they just hollered at each other. They just would holler at each other. Well, the enemy had a giant named Goliath and Goliath would come out and he's like nine feet tall, they say. And uh, he would come out and he would holler and he would holler at the uh, Israelis. And this went on for 40 days and nobody did nothing. Until one day, David's father said, Take some cheeseburgers up to your brothers uh, at the battlefield. And so David goes up there. Now, David's just a kid, he's just a, a sheepherder. And so he goes up there and uh, he sees what's happening and the giant comes out and hollers at everybody and they holler back at him and nothing gets done. And David says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? And so he, he tells somebody, what do I get if I go kill that ugly giant? Well, you get the king's daughter, you know, and uh, they thought he was being brash and everything. So Saul hears about it. And so Saul calls David in and, and said, you want to go fight Goliath? How many want to go fight Goliath this morning? No, come on now. I'm going to be like Benson. How many want to go fight Goliath this morning? Okay, and so uh, uh, Saul gives him his armament. He puts all this heavy junk all over him. And David said, I don't need that. I I got me a sling and I got five stones and and that's all it's going to take. And so they go out. Well, David and and Jack said it a while ago, David spoke to his Goliath. Boy, there's power in that. He spoke to his Goliath and he said, you ugly, uncircumcised Philistine, I'm going to take that sword, which was possibly eight feet long, and I'm going to cut your head off and we're going to feed it to the birds. He spoke it. He spoke it. And of course, Goliath hollered at him and we know the story. See, David, before that, David, God had helped him. How many has God helped before? How many know God's not through helping you? Amen. How many know there's some other Goliaths coming into your life? Amen. Amen. And so he said, The same God that killed that bear, the same God that killed that lion, is the same God that's going to help me kill you. And so it says David ran towards him. Amen. Did you see the movie with Brad Pitt? He ran and jumped and cut his head off. This is what the Lord is saying this morning. Tithing might be your Goliath. And if we don't kill it, we'll be on that mountain just like the Israelis would have been on even today. If all they did was talk about it, they'd still be on we wouldn't be here. Amen. Philistines would be on one mountain, and the Israelites would be on the other mountain. And I just felt like God was saying that this morning. Tithing is not to put you down, tithing is to promote you. Amen. 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 Come on. But there's some Goliaths here besides that this morning. And Jack kind of hit it on it a while ago. The Goliath in your life, all you've got to do is remember what God's done in the past. Right. Amen. And he wants to do it. But you're saying, well, nothing's ever been this big before in our life. Well, if you don't face it and speak to it, then you'll always live on that side of the mountain. Right. But see, Israel prospered after that. They grew and they did and they fulfilled the things of God because Goliath was for promotion and not demotion. Amen. Amen? Come on now. I want to be like Vincent. Come on. I need some some excitement in here. So Jack said, so who's got a Goliath in your life right now? It's the worst thing you've ever been faced with. Come on. Let's be honest so we can take care of it. Amen. Amen. If we don't speak to it, it'll be around tomorrow. So the first thing we've got to do is number one, speak to it and know that it's there for promotion and not demotion. It's not there to to hurt you or to hinder you. It's there so to step over it and go ahead and get about doing what God's called you to do. We've got to speak to it. The Bible tells us to speak to that mountain. Command that mountain to be picked up, picked up and removed and cast into the sea and doubt not in your heart, but believe that whatsoever things you say will come to pass. So let's talk to some Goliaths this morning. Amen. If that's you, stand up. Just stand up. You've got a Goliath. Let's just talk to him this morning. Amen. Come on. Because see if we don't do anything, you're gonna be that Goliath is gonna be around tomorrow. Amen. That Goliath is gonna be around next week. Amen. And Goliath, we think they're to destroy us, but they're there for promotion. Because greater is he (coughs) that's in you than he that's in that Goliath. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Now, first thing we have to do, whatever your Goliath is, I want you just, no one else has to hear it, but talk to it right now. Talk, it has no place in your life. Goliath, I just rebuke you in Jesus' name. I speak to you. I command you to get out of my life. You have no part in my life right now in Jesus' name. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm full of the word of God and I'm speaking it over you right now. And I'm casting you away right now in Jesus' name. I'm speaking to you. You'll not have any force in my life, any power in my life. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Did you speak to it? Yes. Then thank you, G. You may be seated. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. I'm going to have to drink some water. Mary Jean, I just got back from Jerry Savelle's 50th anniversary. And uh, amen. 50 years in ministry. All the big boys were there. The Copelands, the Savelles. Uh, who else? Jesse. Old Jesse was there. Jesse was there and his wife and uh, uh it was awesome uh, 50 years of staying with it 50 years of of preaching the word of faith amen, amen. and we're so thankful to be part of that amen. You're this church we are the third, we're part of the president's council Mary Jean and I uh because of the support that we personally and the church gives towards that uh uh organization uh and uh uh, we're the third largest giver in, into the, the, the uh, president's council members and it's always such a blessing to go up there and, and they always say thank, thank West Houston Christian Center. Amen. Amen. Thank West Houston Amen. Christian Center for what they're doing. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I share just a second? Uh, Genesis. Jack said he, he never reads Genesis. I heard a statement the other day and and I'm not going to dwell on this but I heard a statement the other day that in our political realm and in what's happening in the world today if you listen to it socialism is trying to destroy America and I heard a person an educated person make this statement that her it's a female running for president that her proposal is that uh They want to make sure that each person uh, has an allowance of $10,000 regardless of if you work or you don't work. You know, she'll get a lot of votes. Amen. And I just started thinking about that is so contrary to the Word of God. Amen. Genesis 1 and 28 says, and God blessed them Which means God's put his blessing upon them. He put his approval upon them. That he gave them special favor. And he told them to be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish. Subdue. And have dominion. How many know all of those require some work? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) To be fruitful means to supply what is needed by others around you. To multiply. To add to what you already have. To replenish means... To add to what is lacking in a situation. To subdue means to take control of it. Have dominion means to rule over it. God is for work. A man's pleasure is in his work. We were created to work. God created us to work. Genesis 1, it says God saw and God liked it and God blessed it. And God created everything in the earth. The gold, the silver, the ore, the trees, um, wood, every single thing in the world. But he put man there for man's pleasure, but for man to work it. What good is ore in the ground if man doesn't work it? What good is a tree to build houses if man doesn't build a house? Are you understand what I'm saying? So everything that God gave to us, he gave it to us for our pleasure. And he said, now work it and cause it to come to pass. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. It means to cultivate it, to tend to it, to feed it, to watch over it, to be God's steward over what God has entrusted to mankind. And it requires work, is right? Work is God's plan for mankind we were created to work. Wow. I just can't believe that we're at a time to where people want to pay you not to work. And and the theory is, well, if you don't work, then it gives you time to be creative and to think of new ideas. Proverbs Proverbs 10, 4 and 5. He became poor... That dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh one rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleeps in harvest is the son that causes shame. <laughs> Proverbs 12, 11. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of the sluggard desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent man shall be made fat. There's prosperity in labor. There's prosperity in putting our hand to the plow. Amen. Amen. Proverbs fourteen twenty three. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips leads to nothing. It means idle talk, people just talking. The Bible says about God that God worked for six days and rested on the seventh. Well, if God worked, then I think mankind ought to work. But he rested on the seventh. On the seventh day, God rested from all of his work. Rest only comes after labor. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. 2 Thessalonians 3.12 I've heard this among you, that there are those that don't work, don't feed them. Now, we do feed the poor. You, you know, there's a distinction between those that can work and those that cannot work. But when you come to a group of people and you allow them to be paid and not to work, our world will be in a heck of a shape. Do you understand that? Yes. Prosperity throughout the Bible is the plan of God for your life. Poverty is the plan of Satan for your life. He loves poverty. The story in the Bible of the talents. One man was given five talents, two talents to another and one talent to another man. But the key phrase there is he gave it to them according to their several ability. In other words you don't give one someone that's able to do something with five and you don't give five to one guy that doesn't know how to deal with it. So he said he gave it to them according to their several ability and they went out and the man with five he doubled it and he came back and the guy said boy well done good and faithful servant. The man with two came back. He said well I didn't make what the other guy made but I, I doubled my two. He said well done thou good and faithful servant. But the slothful man, the one that only got one, said, I was fearful of you, so I went and dug a hole in the ground and put it in the ground. Right. And the master said, Why don't you take it to the bank and at least make me a penny? Yeah. Right. At least make some at least make something out of it. Amen? And so everything about God is is work produces God's plan for our life. And just consider everything that God created and put into the world, into the world. It, it doesn't come to pass until man works it. I just think of God in His provision putting oil in the earth. What would, where would we be without oil? Steve wouldn't have a job. Are you saying what I'm saying? Lumber. Uh, the rivers that flow from the throne of God in Genesis and and gold and silver and onyx and precious jewels. Well, they're nothing unless man gets a hold of it and does something with it. And I truly believe this. I think the greatest thing about God and about mankind, I believe God has gifted each and every one of us. And when you find that gifting, you're set for life. Now, well, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, you might be a truck driver. That might be your gifting. But your gifting makes a way for your ministry. I'm amazed. Our granddaughter, Jack's oldest daughter, she's going back to ORU today. She's going to be a pediatric trauma doctor. Where does that come from? <laughs> Not from me. Nobody in my family is a doctor. Where where does that come from? And she's known about it since she was eight years old. Where does does it come from? You know, the Bible talks about when he built the temple that he put special abilities into men, craftsmanship to do certain things. He, He does that to all of us. And all we have to do is ask God, what is it? I heard someone say, if you do what you love to do, you'll never work a day in your life. So God's for work. Laziness is not a part of God's plan for mankind. Put your hand to the plow and don't look back. Whatsoever thing you find at hand to do, do it with all your heart. In other words, love what you're doing. Amen? Amen. uh, Before I got saved, I didn't like what I was doing. I was in the insurance business. And I had to call on men at 7 o'clock in the morning. Businessmen are not real friendly at 7 o'clock in the morning. And uh, they they didn't want to talk insurance at 7 o'clock in the morning. And I I really didn't like it. I fought it. I wasn't saved. I didn't like it. So therefore I didn't really put my heart into it. And uh, my story is that one day the Lord dropped into my life, Romans 8.31. And it said, if God be for you, who can be against you? It changed my life. And so the next day God, Jesus got in the car with me. I picked up His robe and I put it across His lap and we started out Padre Island in Carpus Christi and we started knocking on doors. And I'd walk into a business and Jesus is right there and He'd say, Dive, if I'm for you, who's, nobody can be against you. And I said, whoa, this is good. And so I did what I was supposed to do. I called on him. I told him who I was and what, how I could save them money and all of that. Uh, and it was, it was quite an experience. But that's not what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't know it at the time. And so I lasted for about 90 days with this just, God said, if I be for you, who can be against you? The, the problem was I had nobody around me that knew what happened. I didn't have a, 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 a hand clapping, foot stomping, tongue talking Pentecostal that could tell me what God had done in my life. And I lasted for about 90 days and then I just kind of went back to being an old Jack and not liking what I was doing, drudging, uh, doing what I was doing, calling on people, and, uh, but I didn't like what I was doing. <clears throat> and so seven years later God talked to me again. I didn't get it in the first time so He talked to me again. And uh, this time it took I saw the power of God, and uh, he started talking to me about ministry. He really talked to me when I was ten years old, and I can remember where I was standing, Colleyville, Texas, Colleyville Street in Eagle Lake, Texas. Little Methodist Church was where those flags are, and I'm with a buddy. And I remember I turned over to it, and I said, "I'm going to be a pastor someday." I can I can tell you where I was standing. And I said, I'm going to be a pastor someday. That was it. That didn't happen, that, that didn't happen again until I was, uh, wow, 45 years old. But see, God has a plan for every one of us. Amen. And I'm so thankful because I love what I'm doing. Amen. There's no labor in what we do. Amen? Amen. To be able to stand in the, in, for God and talk, speak the words of God and, and to uh, bless people. Uh, we that are called into the ministry. Now, not everybody's called into the pastoral ministry, but everybody's been called to be a minister. Amen. Truck driver, mechanic, air conditioning man, roofer, whatever, uh, work on cars, teach, whatever we are, that's just our opportunity to get into some place where we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So, work, work is God's plan. Amen. And so, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I'm not going to vote for someone that says they want to give money to, for you not to work. Amen. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Now, would would people like that? Well, sure, they would like that. But God wants us to work. There's. I don't know about you, but I get enjoyment out of working. I get enjoyment out of producing something. I, I never was a, a carpenter or a, worked with my hands. <laughs> Steve Williams and I, we were designed one time to build a frame for a Christmas tree. And uh, I think we took a sledgehammer and some four by fours and nails probably this long. And it's still standing today. But that that was not our gifting. And we never got asked to do that again. <laughs> but anyway, God uh, God, is, God is for work. And, and uh, I'm so glad uh that we live in a country that where work is available. Amen. 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 To put our hand to something. And, uh, and, and to put our hand to something. But our ministry is what we do while we are there. Right. To show that, God is, that show that God is good. And that, and that God is a prosperous God. And I want to go really back to tithing. If, if you're not tithing. And, I, and we're not doing it harsh. I'm not doing it harshly. But I'm telling you if that's your Goliath. Your promotion is on the other side of it. Amen. Because I was there one time. I, I i thought all the reasons why not, but uh, God's plan is for you to prosper and to be in health, even as your soul prospers, and that prosperity is tied to our tithing, our giving. Uh, it opens up. It shows that we are trusting God. That God's word works. Amen. And we that tithe, that we could raise our hand and say, it it works. I don't understand. I can't tell you how it works. Don't ask me to tell you how it works. I just know that it works. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet with me this morning. We'll make it short and sweet. Amen. We work. We labor for the Lord. Faith is a work. Faith is a work. The work of faith. Amen. The Bible says, show me your faith without works. It doesn't work. So faith works works. We stand and we stand on the word of God and we believe what God's word says. Amen. And that that Goliath in our life, we spoke to it this morning, and so I just I declare right now, Goliath is dead and his head's been cut off. Amen. And we thank the Lord for that. She's up. Hallelujah! Give the Lord a hand clap this morning.